Welcome to Choir Talks. Glad to have you with us. Tonight we're sharing Choir Talks in the sanctuary. Some of the choir is beginning to come back after the coronavirus. Uh, and so tonight we're sharing with a live audience. And uh, you'll see that if you're watching the video. And if you're just watching audio, I know this will sound a little bit different. But we're glad to have you on Choir Talks. When I recorded Choir Talks last week, I finished the first half of Ephesians 2 and planned to do the next few verses out of Ephesians 2 this week. But little did I know with that, when I planned that, all the terrible events that would happen in America in the next few days. As you know, a black man was callously killed in Minneapolis. An outbreak across America would spur uh, violence and add to the divide that exists between people of color in America and uh, Americans who are white. Um, as, a, as a white man, I, it's intimidating for me to know how to talk about these events in a way that would be helpful. Um, but there was no way that I could read these next verses in Ephesians and, and not see them in, a, in light of the events uh, that are unfolding in, in our culture. So here's the verses that are, that are coming up next for us. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, for he, and that's referring to Jesus, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both them to God through the cross by which he, was, by which he put to death their hostility. Um, this, this scripture passage really uh, has, has to deal with racism. It's, um, it's spoken into a culture that is dealing with racism. You know, racism is not unique to our culture. It didn't just begin 400 years ago. It is really as, as old as civilizations are. There's always been people who are prejudiced, biased, violence, uh, has hate. All of this has always existed. In the, in the biblical time, it's no exception. Um, in this case, Paul is writing to uh, Jews and Gentiles who were coming together to form a church in Ephesus. And uh, there's an enmity, enmity between them, the two groups. And um, so he, he speaks to that. Uh, I believe that the Bible in general is unequivocal on the matter of race relations and a matter of racism, and that is that, it's, that racism is sin. Um, it's like most sin, it's easier for us to see it in somebody else than it is to see it in ourselves. Um, but I dare say that everybody who's listening to this podcast or in this building uh, deals with some bit of it within ourselves. There's some part of ourselves and, and some moment in our life that we probably need to repent of and to be vigilant about our, in our future so that we don't repeat. Um, this particular sin has no place in the life of the church or a believer because, and this is what this passage says, because it demeans the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So let's, let's just break down these verses real quick again. Starting back in verse 14, it says, For Jesus himself is our peace. Uh, the one who is called the Prince of Peace has come to bring peace among people who are divided. That is part of, of the mission of the cross as it brings together and creates the church. The church is meant to be unified. You might remember Jesus' last instructions to his disciples. His prayer over them is that they would be unified in the future. Um, 
So Jesus has come to give us peace with God so that we have overcome the barrier of our sin between us and God, but also peace with one another as we live together in harmony in in the church, this new entity. Uh, It goes on to say, for he has made the two groups into one. That's what it looks like in the church. There are going to be disparate groups and, and, and so many people from so many different backgrounds. And yet it says in, in the church, they are made into one. And that, that's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing for, to happen. Um, through Jesus, all of his followers have become one family. Christians are always going to disagree about things. We're going to see differently about politics, about the strategies for addressing issues in our, in our community. Uh, and for the understanding what the extent of those issues might be, there's many, many things that we are going to disagree on. But the work of Christ in our life makes no room for us to be divided from one another. In spite of disagreements, we are to be unified. We are to have uh, a unique and amazing godly love for one another. Um, So the passage goes on to say this, um, that he makes the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Um, I I think what he's talking about here, this dividing wall of hostility, um, it's, it makes a good metaphor for what um, racism looks like, that there's a wall in between one group and another group. I think what he's referring to here is the temple, um, where there was a wall, as you know or might remember from studying the temple, that when you first get into the temple, there's a huge court area called the Court of the Gentiles. Um, but they were not allowed to go beyond that into the next uh, area, which was only for the Jews. And there was a dividing wall between how far the Gentiles could come uh, and how far the Jews could come. So here in this passage, as he is talking to Jews and Gentiles coming together to form a unified group, he's saying that in Jesus and in his death, that wall of separation doesn't exist anymore, that he has destroyed the wall that separated uh, one group from another group, and, uh, and that, that's what happens in the body of Christ, that there is no barrier, no dividing wall. In the body of Christ, we are one. No one is more important than, than anyone else or less important. So he's devi- he has destroyed. Um, I, I like how it says, has destroyed. Um, so in the work of Jesus on the cross, this, this is a finished work. Um, it's not that, hey, one day he might be destroyed, but if, if you are a follower of Christ, that is already destroyed. When we are together with brothers and sisters, we do not have to be divided. The work of destroying the, the dividing wall between us is already done. So whenever we live in the Spirit, we will live in harmony with one another. The work is already done in Jesus Christ. We just need to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we will see that unity uh, amongst ourselves. It's supernaturally put in us as, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and since it's already destroyed in Christ, as believers, we can't spend our time trying to build back a wall that Jesus Christ has destroyed. And that's so antithetical for, uh, for what Jesus has done for us, for us to begin to build back a wall. That's why racism is dangerous and, and harmful to the cause of Christ. We are building back together something that Jesus has intentionally destroyed. Going on from there, it says this. He, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. 
That's powerful. His purpose, Jesus' purpose uh, in the cross was to bring us salvation, but by doing so, to bring us together also. His purpose, listen to this again, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. All right, so if that's the purpose of Christ in the church is to see unity, then shouldn't that be my purpose too? Shouldn't it be our plan? If it's the plan of God, then should it not be my plan too if I'm a follower of Christ? Uh, and last phrase, it says that, um, that he has done that to make peace and in, in one body to re- reconcile both groups to God through the cross by which he has put to death their hostility. So it's the work of the cross that has overcome this and done. The work of the cross, the cross that we cherish and value so much, has done this work. And we need to respect that. We need to work towards that. Um, listen, listen to God's ideal. Skipping over to the end of this book here, to Revelation. This is God's ideal and, and the end result of what God is doing in the church. Revelation says this. John says, I looked And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. In the end, this is the work of God and what the church is going to look like. It's going to be people from every race and every culture joining together in unity uh, on level ground at uh, the foot of Jesus to give him worship. That's God's ideal, and that's what he is about doing right now. That's his plan for the church. And so if it's God's plan, it needs to be my plan. Um, so, you know, this week and this difficult week, I have to ask myself, you know, what am I doing right now to help bring about this plan that God has? If it's the work that God is doing, what, what am I doing? I have to ask myself, what is my plan for the future to help see this plan of God come about? How can I live differently, think differently, act differently to help see this plan of God happen? Um, I saw this that registered to me. What can I do? I can love by pursuing diversity in my life. I can love by pursuing justice. And I can love by pursuing the marginalized. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have given your life to bring us uh, to peace with God and to bring us in relationship with one another uh, in the church, Father. And you've given us beautiful brothers and sisters from every nation, every race, every tribe, and every tongue. Father, help us to, to value them, to give our lives for them, God, to seek justice on their behalf, to seek um, their best interests, uh, to seek their growth and, and, and to help. Father, I pray that there would be a revival in your church here in America. God, I pray that you would use um, the signs that are obvious in our, in our culture, Father, to call the American church to yourself, to revival, to revival that brings us in unity and to a revival that, um, that brings us closer to you. Father, I pray that, that you would end the power of Satan in this area, in our culture, Father, I pray that that uh, He'd be thwarted and that um, that He'd be overcome by the the love of the church as it as it grows in our communities. Father, use our churches. Father, use this great church and the churches in Madison and Ridgeland and Jackson and Canton. Father, I pray that You'd use them, God, to to, um, to show 
your plan to show your love and your peace. And Father, I ask that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks guys for joining me. Thank you for joining Choir Talks. Have a great week.